Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. I am your host, Jackie Brindle. I am a mom of three, wife, teacher, and I do like to run. Life is busy, but one thing is for certain. With God, nothing is impossible. In this episode, I'm going to sit down and talk with one incredibly strong woman, Haley Delsed. She has a fearless passion for helping others. She is very knowledgeable from her field experiences and helping victims from human trafficking. And Haley is also a mom, a dance teacher, which has increased her passion to invest in the value of life. So sit back, sip your coffee with me, be enlightened, and of course, as always, be encouraged. Hi, Haley. Hi, Jackie. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Being Courage podcast. Today, I have Haley Delsit here with me, and I am so excited because we are going to get to know her in a fun way to start us off here on this episode. So, Haley, have you ever played Would You Rather? I have, yes. <laughs> okay. So, I'm just going to you know, let let you ease in easy here with a, a few questions of would you rather? And I think our audience is going to love getting to know you in this fun way too. So the first question of would you rather is, would you rather Bora Bora vacation or Iceland? Oh, Bora Bora. Oh, you love the heat. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> I'm a summer girl. All right. Number two, if you would have to decide for the next week of what you're making your family for dinner? Would it be burgers or hot dogs? Definitely burgers. All right. (laughs) I would pick burgers too. (laughs) All right. So this will decide uh, what kind of animal you really like. So if you had to have a hundred, would you rather a hundred dogs or a hundred cats? I am definitely a dog person. I would go with dogs. <laughs> You're not the cat lady. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, next one. Would you rather a lifetime prescription to Dis- for Disney Plus or Netflix? Oh, I'm a big Disney princess fan, so I'm going to have to go with Disney Plus on this one. Disney Plus. Yeah, right. Okay. And lots of good ones for your kids too, huh? Yes, it's been getting us through the past couple months. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, this is going to tell me what you've been watching on quarant- during quarantine yes. um, for the past couple of months. Um, good. And then number five. So would you rather a lifetime of meals of Chick-fil-A or a lifetime of meals of Panera Bread? Oh, my goodness. Right? Oh, my goodness. That is really hard. <laughs> We're big Chick-fil-A people. Yeah. Um, we actually, after my husband and I got married, we went to Chick-fil-A in my wedding dress and in his tux. Well, then I <laughs> can only assume that you're going to pick Chick-fil-A now. You are But committed. there's more options with Panera, so. I know. Ooh, I'm going to go with Panera just because of the options, but that does show you that, yeah, we're big Chick-fil-A people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't even know that. That's cool. Yeah. All right. And the last and final question I will I will tell you or ask you is would you rather coffee or tea Mm, I love both I have a cup of coffee in the morning and a cup of tea at night but I will always choose coffee over tea you need that energy give me the caffeine right yes (laughs) (laughs) that is how I start my day (laughs) 
Yeah, that's how I start my day every day. If not one, then goes to two and maybe yes. sometimes three. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> the leftovers from the morning become the iced coffee in the afternoon. Very. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's me all the way. I always find my coffee like somewhere. I left it and it's cold still. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh my gosh. So anyway, that was really awesome. Thanks for telling me a little bit about yourself that way. But I'm wondering now for everyone else who's like, okay, so what, tell me more about Haley. So I'm going to ask you, just give me, paint the picture, the background, uh, your background and your journey through marriage and your passion for helping others and how it's affected you and the decisions you've, you've gone through and the experiences you've gone through. Yeah. So um, hi guys. I'm super excited to be here, Jackie. Thank you so much for um, asking me to join. Yeah. Um, I am, I grew up in a really small town. I'm the oldest of four siblings. Um, we were actually homeschooled growing up and I met my husband in college. Um, we were working actually with an organization that works to fight human trafficking in the U.S., and so we had gone out to Las Vegas to work with this organization and we became very good friends there. Um, but it's a whole story actually of our journey of how we ended up dating and getting married. That's a very long story and a very cool story about God's protection over my life and faithfulness. Um, and then, yeah, fast forward to now, I am actually a stay at home mom and I have a 19 month old son. And he is super energetic and very sweet and snuggly. So I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying having him to hang out with the past couple months. Absolutely. He's been such a blessing. So, um, and I teach dance, uh, which is a really big part of my life. Something I'm, I'm very uh, passionate about and love, um, love to do and be involved with in the community. So, yeah. Wow. Kinda... <laughs> so you've got a lot of experiences in different paths as well. So I know you said something that really triggered um, like a little flag that went up and you said you did a, uh, you helped this organization uh, with against human trafficking. So tell me how you got involved with that because you were pretty young to go out in Las Vegas, you know, across the country, like we're on the East coast, that's completely on the other side of the country. So what led you to do that and to lead that? Yeah, that's, I don't think many people would say, yeah, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great question. Um, so I actually went to a Christian college um, in Phoenixville. Um, so not too far from home. I was an hour away from my parents, which was nice. It was a good adjustment for, for me going from homeschooling to college. And my freshman year, um, we had some speakers come in and kind of share their experiences um, of helping others abroad uh, across the world that are, that were dealing with human trafficking, um, rescuing girls, getting them rehabilitated, reacclimated to everyday life. Um, and so that was freshman year. So I was, I was young and I was appalled and I was just really like brokenhearted for the fact that there was slavery going on in modern day. Right. Um, I just couldn't believe that that was something that was happening. So as the years were going by through, you know, as the semesters were going by, I realized it wasn't just in other countries that it was a really big issue in the United States. And that was so hard for me to wrap my brain around um, when I came to the realization that 
it can happen in anyone's backyard, in anyone's neighborhood, um, that no one is really truly exempt from the issue of human trafficking. Right, right. And so um, my department chair of my major, she had asked me to organize a trip to go out to Las Vegas to work with um, Free International. And so I, of course, jumped on that right away and set up this trip for the end of the year is the end of my junior year. And um, yeah, so we went out to Las Vegas and got some firsthand training while we were out there of of what the signs look like and how to identify it and what are some practical things we can do to help, um, what it looks like for counseling. Um, From the law side of things, we were able to talk to um, a detective out there and yeah, so it's very insightful and very informative. Absolutely. Especially thinking like, okay, we are all placed on this planet with a purpose, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, you just followed that that gut-wrenching, you know, kind of courageous um, task of saying, okay, I want to make a difference. I don't know how, but I'm going to, to just follow these steps and be obedient to what's been pulling on my heart. I think a lot of us, have those, um, and not necessarily with what you did, but in their own um, arena, have something mm-hmm. pulling on their heart that they want to make better. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It kind of becomes a like a guiding, a guiding force or a, a something, something that really drives your passion that helps you make decisions based upon those passions that lead you to the next thing that lead you to the next step. Yeah. And I'm sure you faced some really hard things going on over there and some more like, I mean, I'm sure it took you some time to sit through and really just kind of let those thoughts marinate of what was really happening in the United States. And I mean, I think um, just in past, I think July, there was the awareness of human trafficking. Um, I mean, I know I saw that all over my um, you know, social media and Instagram and things like that, just being aware um, about it. And a lot of, you know, even uh, famous people speaking out about it. So, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great that it's really coming to light and that stereotypes are being more and more, um, you know, um, brought to light. Like, yeah, like you said, it could be in your backyard. Like, how do you, like, what do you speak to that? Like, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, we can think of any, any negative situation that goes on in the world and, and not to get, you know, dark or overwhelming, but, you know, we think about drug use and violence and really no town is exempt from either of those. Um, And it really is the same thing with, you know, with human trafficking, it can take on so many different forms and so many different shapes. Um, it can, it can really truly simply look like prostitution, but it can look so much worse and so much deeper and um, darker than that. So I think um, even in, in Reading, there was um, a couple of years ago, there was a, a sting operation that had rescued, you know, 30 girls. There was uh-huh. something that happened in Leesport, something that happened in Shoemakersville. And, you know, these are all, you know, very close, close towns to, to Jackie and I, and it's, right. it can be very overwhelming to think, oh, it's right here. It's right now. But I think removing the stereotypes to say like, it is a certain type of woman or a certain type of man that solicits 
um, it's a certain type of woman that dresses a certain type of way and hangs around with a certain type of crowd. It doesn't really always take the shape and the form that we expect it to. And that was something that was really enlightening with um, being out in Las Vegas. Um, we were able to spend some time uh, on the strip where all the casinos are and just kind of watch some of what was happening and uh, identify just different conversations and exchanges that were taking place. Um, and, you know, these, these people are, are dressed to the nines. And, and we were saying, you know, you wouldn't know any better. You would think it was a businessman or, you know, a pastor or someone's dad. Like you look at these people and they're, they're really, truly everyday people. Um, right. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look like, <laughs> like the villain in the Disney movies. Right. Good point. Absolutely. And you said like you found out now here's the hope, like what are some practical ways that people can get involved and help support these women to come out of trafficking? I know you even travel abroad, like you even went to Belgium to even further your knowledge in this. Can you speak to that before we get to those practical things? Because I know not everyone is going abroad (laughs) in organizations (laughs) either. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So after, um, after the trip to Las Vegas, uh, I think a month later after that, I was only home for a few weeks and I went to do my internship in Belgium and I was able to work in a drop-in center on the edge of a red light district, which if you're not familiar with that terminology, um, a red light district is where a lot of the, um, women are that are, um, it would appear that they're prostituting, but more often than not, it's, you know, a force of circumstance or someone. So we had a center that they could come, that they could come for a hot meal, some coffee, uh, counseling, job training, and just a lot of rehabilitative type services. And we would even have, my, my favorite part was our worship nights. We would have nights where they would just come and we would just sing worship songs. And one of my, now she's actually one of my best friends, but another intern that was there with me that summer, she would play the guitar and lead worship. And we would sing some of our favorite Carrie Job songs (laughs) and teach teach the women the lyrics. And so we would just have powerful nights of, of worship and prayer um, just to pray over them and what they were going through. And, you know, the ones that decided that they wanted to leave or found that they could leave, we were there to help them work through that and what that looked like. So, yeah, no, that's amazing. I love that you said that, um, you know, worship, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing. It's like this, um, moment of just saying, okay, Lord, I'm yours. Right. Uh, whether yes. it's through song and, and whatever. And I feel like you're, that was a really powerful thing to do and to pray for them. I feel like that's all over, um, you know, the gospel is just to pray continue and continually. It sounds like it's sometimes really complex, but really it's not. And you can see like what you were saying is even just the power of that prayer night and that worship mm-hmm. night can change their trajectory of where they're heading. Yes. Um, I think that's something really a practical thing we can all take away is to pray for these victims that they have the courage to walk away um, and to find something um, constructive like this place that you were um, talking about, this place that they can come. That's like a safe haven for them. 
Um, mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be great if there was more places like a safe haven uh, to give to these women to know that they're not alone and to, you know, educate them and help them and counsel them. Um, I think that's a great thing that um, you experienced that. I think there definitely maybe there could be more around that um, even in our own um, nation. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. For sure. And then how do you, okay, so this is kind of like, a, okay, not my typical, you got it, girl, kind of um, <laughs> podcast, right? So I want to know, like, this can feel pretty discouraging and hopeless, right? Um, but, you know, is there a verse that comes to mind that anchors you through this? And when you when you work through this, because I know it's something you still, you said you're a stay-at-home mom, but I know it's something you're still really passionate about. I know we've talked about um, and, you know, when the timing's right, I know God will just um, keep pushing you forward because I know it's something you really are passionate to help others through this. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So is there something that you're like, okay, this verse is my anchor or something, a story that you can tell that just stirs up um, hope for those who feel kind of hopeless? Yeah. So Oh, I feel like there's so much I could say um, around this question. This is such a such a good one. Um, there's there's a verse in the New Testament that says that we can, you know, approach approach the throne boldly and in confidence. Um, and so, just going back to those worship and prayer nights, I think that's that prayer is it can be so easily underrated because we feel like we have to go somewhere and do something instantly. Um, and there's, there's so much that can change in the spiritual, which becomes the physical when we take the time to really pray and intercede on behalf of others. So I would definitely encourage that. Yeah. Um, And then for me, (laughs) so I know a lot of people thought that what I was doing was scary and was intimidating and was dangerous. Um, if you know my parents at all, um, Dwayne and Chris, shout out to them for being my parents because (laughs) they were, (laughs) they were really, really challenged to, to be brave and trust God. And I think being a mom now looking at, you know, where they allowed me to go, I'm like, Whew, you guys have a lot of faith in Jesus. (laughs) Um, yeah. Cause I don't, I'm also thinking you're right. Like on a parent and how do they say, okay, this is what you're meant to do. Go have this ministry. But like, that's yeah. so far away. They had can no control yeah. over what happens. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> my, my, <laughs> they were praying and praying. And if, if you know them, they definitely have the gift of prayer. So I just always knew I had this piece that, um, that this was really what I was. It sounds kind of cliche when I feel like it sounds cliche when I say this is what I was called to do, but I truly feel like everything in my life, everything in my story, um, from, from the history of our family to me as a child, a teenager, a young adult, and now a mom, I feel like everything in me, everything in my story really pushed me to this place and shaped me to prepare me to go and do those things and to continue that that passion and that purpose in my life. Um, and so knowing that that was something that God had placed in me, that that was a desire and a passion that he placed in my heart. Um, there's a verse in numbers, it's numbers 23, 19. And this, I, I feel like I, I found it in one of the darkest moments of my life, which, um, was a very scary time for me, but it, 
it has been something I have clung to and was able to cling to through, through all of those trips. Um, but it's numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And that was so powerful because it just, it, it helped me to sit back and to say, everything that God says, everything that he speaks is truth. He can't tell a lie because if he says it, it comes to pass. It comes to be. And if, if he truly has given me these gifts and these passions, then why in the world would I doubt his protection over my life in those situations? And why would I doubt his goodness and his faithfulness when everything he says, everything he thinks is consistent and is truthful? And wow. so that was just very powerful and very freeing for me. Wow. If if anything, that's powerful and freeing for a lot of people just to be reminded of that verse, like that he's not a liar, that we all have something. And I know we've talked about this. We all have something to bring to the table and that he put that on your heart. That is your something. And it's not just something, it's value, right? It's this mm-hmm. value that you have that is so worthy and so good. So bring it to the table, right? And trust that God will see you through through that. I think we all love that. No, I love that reminder that, you know, we are all, we all have this value, this purpose in our life and whatever's tugging on your heart right now, I don't know who this is speaking to, but really whoever is, this is tugging your heart, you're questioning this purpose, this, this drive, this struggle. I mean, look at Haley, like she had to face some pretty big giants and fear and things like that. Like it didn't necessarily, it wasn't something that she was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go help human trafficking. Like it definitely had prayer in it. Like, I think that's like a number one takeaway is to pray mm-hmm. uh, about that, to give you peace in that direction. That's what God just shows up. Right. And, um, yeah. and to be confident that he's not a liar, that he will, um, you are placed on this planet for a reason to bring that something to the table, that value. Yeah. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, there's so much in the word value that I feel like I can unpack And it's probably because that's been such a hot topic of conversation between my husband and I this year specifically, Um, just in, in, in what it looks like to not allow our productivity to equal or equate our value. Mm. And so it's, it's been hard for me. I'm a, I'm a checklist person and I love to to get my stuff done and, and, you know, do 150,000 things in one week. Yeah. <laughs> I have the gift of that. busyness. Um, and so this time of really slowing down, um, I mean, I felt like the rug was ripped out under, from under my feet and I'm sure most people felt that way, but you know, I couldn't leisurely walk around target anymore and I couldn't teach dance anymore. And I, you know, the parks were closed and, and then you're like, Oh, what am I going to do? Especially with this little human that is busy and smart and needs entertainment. Um, and so right. just learning that, that our productivity does not equal our value. And I think that that word value, you'll see really at the, at the bottom of this, really this issue of human trafficking is there's so much of an issue with um, us understanding our value, especially as women and understanding our worth. And so it's so easy, you know, in a situation of, of trafficking to see someone who has, has been involved in it or gone through it and, and come out that they'll say like, I had these deep, deep rooted insecurities that this person preyed upon that they, 
um, you know, used right. against me or uh, were able to, to kind of dig in, dig their finger into that and, and use that to, to manipulate and control. And so I think really that, that word value has so much, um, so much that we can apply to ourselves and instill in others in going back to that. What can I do in my everyday life to help this issue of human trafficking? It's really to, to instill that, that feeling and that knowledge of value in other people. Yeah. That just hits home. I think it brings it home to the fact that that's something you're right, that we can do practically for our children, the generation coming up, that it's so important to pour into them of their worth and their value. And you're right. It does not, their productivity does not equal our value. I love that you said that because I think a a lot of, um, I know for myself, I speak for myself, but I know even for myself, I think, okay, well, if I didn't get all these things done, I'm a waste today. I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But that's not how God sees us. He doesn't go, oh, Jack, you just fall upon your face again and again. No, like he's totally the opposite. And you're right. I love, and we can just coincide that he's not a liar. And he says, I'm a treasure, despite my shortcomings, despite I had a bad day, despite I'm just, my arms are flailing and I'm running around with, the tick my head, with my head cut off because I'm just like, don't know what to do anymore because I feel at a loss in the season that I'm in, it doesn't necessarily matter what I'm feeling. The fact does not change that we are worthy. We have value and we can be confident in that in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that that was coming up. But there it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think that's in that. I think sometimes like even I remember being a stay at home mom and I just was like in this waiting season, a person who's so used to being busy mm-hmm. and then not being busy. Um, although I love the time with my, my, my kids um, and doing that, I just found it kind of hard to be, um, you know, kind of thinking like, okay, if I'm not productive here, I didn't get the dishes done or I didn't clean them. What, what was, you know, what's my victory? What's my trophy for today? You yes. Know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All I did today was keep everyone alive and feed them. Is that really enough? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that enough? I didn't need to clean every nook and cranny, right? <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, but I think that, you know, even moms and parents, dads, you know, need to know like what, even in the small things, we can glorify God. And that's all he wants is that if we're doing it with a heart and an attitude that says, you know, this is for you, I think that makes it the difference, you know, just having a heart of gratitude where you're at and giving yourself grace each and every day will allow you to see the value um, Mm -hmm. inside yourself, you know, just give yourself some grace there, mama. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's important to remember. Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say, Haley, I want to hear it. (laughs) It is important to remember that those moments of, of, you know, the mundane and the, the constant, um, the dishes don't end. The laundry doesn't end. The, the scrubbing and the picking up doesn't end. And it's those moments of the mundane that are really, truly a representation of our faithfulness to God. And I think it's so important for us to remember that those moments really can be worship because we're serving other people, you know, we're serving our families. We're, we're putting them 
putting them first and, and showing them that they matter to us and they're important. And so I think it's so important to remember that there's, there is a freedom in the mundane in the sense that it is really an act of everyday worship for God. Absolutely. That is so encouraging. And I know even with encouragement, um, you know, you're a dance teacher. So have you gone back to work, right? With dance and stuff or, um, um I was that? sort of ish. I was able to teach some private lessons, but we're not fully back yet. Yeah. We're hoping to be back this fall. Yeah. I hope, uh, you get to spread your light more there too. Cause I know, I mean, just speak to that, just being a dance teacher, how have you, um, just spoke life over, um, or how do you speak life over our youth? Um, during this, you know, how do you speak life? I guess is what I'm saying is how do you encourage young girls to have value? Cause you have a pretty cool platform to be a dance teacher, right? Um, how do you use that role in speaking life to them and encourage them, um, in their gifts and their talents? Yeah. So it is, it feels like a lot of responsibility. Sometimes I actually have, I have most of the younger ones the past few years. Um, every now and then I'll have, you know, the middle schoolers and high schoolers, but, Man, those preschool and elementary schoolers, I love working with them because they're just absorbing everything you have to say. And so it's such a great opportunity. I'm sure you feel the same way, you know, with teaching. Yeah. You yeah. you get to see them grow and learn and start to have this this confidence in themselves um, yeah. that that they're capable and they can do something, even if it's really hard or it's kind of uncomfortable that they're, they're going to get there and they're going to do it. Um, so just coaching them through that, like perseverance and self-respect and, um, you know, respect for, for themselves, respect for their bodies and, you know, what we do athletically and, you know, respect for their parents for bringing them to dance and, um, just calling out, having those moments to just call out in them what, what I see is, is, you know, their, their special thing. Cause I feel like we all have it and it's a lot easier for us to see it in other people than ourselves. Truth. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, being the ones that are, I feel like so kind or so generous or so thoughtful or so funny, or, you know, they all have this beautiful role that they get to play in the class. Um, and so I really do try and take, take the time to invest in never know what they're going through at home. And so, you know, I think it's so important and crucial for me to remember that when they're acting out with me, they feel safe. And so it's a good opportunity for me to kind of use that as I know that something's not quite right right now, but it doesn't mean that it's the end, you know, and how can we this and how can we push through and how can we get better and do better and and how can we communicate what we're feeling so that we're not just burying it and hiding it? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, but I love that you touched on the word invest because that's something that I've been thinking about. You didn't know that about, like, I was like thinking about the word like investment, like over value, like something that's about a value you invest in. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, um, you know, there's so much um, talk about self-care, but really um, it's to invest. Like, and when you invest in others, I feel like there's the return in that. You know what I mean? Like some people might think it's a me, me, me world, but really it's, it's us. When we invest in ourselves it, with 
um, you know, our health and our mind, we can also then pour into others. Like if I'm not in the word, how am I going to give that encouragement and promises that God says, if I don't know it, do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Absolutely. And I just think too, like if we are called to do good things on earth, I feel like it's definitely worth investing and showing others their worth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you love the story of Esther and I just dawned on me, like maybe, you know, Mordecai spent a lot of time investing in Esther and, you know, preparing her to be queen. And then once she was queen, he was, you know, preparing her and telling her like, okay, I, you should fast, you should do this. Like, this is what's going to happen. Here's the plan. Like, you know, how to, um, to hear, I mean, it doesn't say God in, in, in the word there, but I feel like God's all over it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and God mm-hmm. was just investing in Esther and building her up through people. And I think that's it. Like we, I don't know, we are, we have a calling to help others too, do you know, to see, help them see their own value so they can do incredible and mighty things. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting too, that you bring up Esther because if you look back and I've, I've been really unpacking this, especially as you said, you know, human trafficking was all over social media in the past, the past month. If you look back through the story of Esther, it actually, and there's a lot of accounts of human trafficking in the old Testament because of the old Testament being what it was and, you know, cities taking over cities and all that, but her and all of these other girls, you know, we, we paint this picture that it was like this beauty pageant and she just won Miss America. Now she gets to be queen and it's so glamorous. Um, but really when you dig through that book and you go back, she really was taken her and these other young girls were taken from their homes and taken from their families and, and put before the King for him to eye up and choose, uh, which is so kind of, I mean, gross and creepy and a little overwhelming, but, (laughs) but I'm just saying you look on the other side of things and she was queen. (laughs) Yeah. And God used that, um, for his glory. Yeah. Despite the, the troubling circumstances, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the hope is that God can heal and God can move mountains. And I think there, there is definitely truth to that, that we can cling to today and we can help those women who are going through a a really, you know, way difficult perspective of life than I could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, Even for my own kids, like I just, it's, it's daunting what's going on in our country. So Tell me really quick, um, like two things that like you think practically some people can do today to help in our nation. Um, you know, we don't have, I know everyone's going to be like, okay, I'm going to go on a missions trip or go do this. Like, <laughs> but what can we do in our backyards today um, to help those and to be a hope and to invest in the value of individuals? Such a great question. I love this. So obviously, I mean, I, I know I spoke to first and foremost prayer, Um, aside from that, I would say the top two things are the first one is be involved in your immediate community and whatever that looks like. If it's having a relationship with, you know, neighbors and neighborhood kids that are friends with your kids or, you know, your family or extended family and putting yourself in a position where you're able to invest in the value of others. 
I think is first and, and foremost on a practical level. And then the second thing is there's always, always um, programs in communities that are looking to better the community. So if you're able to volunteer your time at a food pantry, I think that's such an incredible thing to do. If you are able to donate diapers to um, a pregnancy center or donate shampoo and conditioner and deodorant to a women's shelter, um, there's a lot of very practical things uh, that we can do just pick up, you know, on our grocery run and add it to the list and then add it to the box for donation. And um, yeah, I think that those are probably the top two things that I would say are probably the easiest to do instantly. Great. That, that does sound amazing. And I know that there's, like you said, you can Google it and try and figure out which one's online, but off the top of your head, do you have um, a place that you're thinking of, like that helps specifically towards human trafficking. If someone's like, you know what, I just really want to specifically help this organization and fund and give them resources. What would be like your go-to thought there? Yeah. So if you're looking to, to donate to an organization that's doing a lot in the U S I would look up, um, free international. And that is the organization organization that I worked with out in Las Vegas. And I can, I can vouch for, the fact that they are investing that money back, that it's not, there's very low overhead. So um, I can definitely vouch for the validity of that organization and what it's doing in their, in their communities and also in other communities, their partnerships there. Um, and then if they're looking for something local to us, I know that there's also another organization in Reading called Free. And so I know that yeah. they accept a lot of donations for um, women's products, you know, beauty products and body wash and shampoo and conditioner, stuff like that. Wow. That is awesome. Great takeaways. Great information. I mean, I really love it. I can't wait to go back and listen to everything you said because it just, your heart was so um, just vulnerable and good. And it's just everything that I just want to go back and listen to and, and put back into my tank for sure. Because Man, were you made with a purpose, Haley? That, I mean, it's incredible what you've done and what you're still passionate about doing. And what a legacy to leave behind for your little one, too. Mm. Yeah, that makes my mama heart happy. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah, absolutely. And now on to our next cup of coffee, right? Yes. <laughs> and some Disney Plus, yeah, right? Oh, always. <laughs> always, especially on rainy days like today. <laughs> exactly. Now it would be good for some Panera Bread, right? Yes. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I know. Well, thank you so much. I really, it means so much that you came on this show and shared your passion, your life-changing experiences with us all. I truly believe this is going to help start the conversation that will inspire others and leaving them feeling encouraged to uh, take on practical ways to help, big ways to help, and just to be aware and to invest in the value of life because that's what we're here to do. So thank you so much, Haley. Take care and I hope to catch up with you soon, girl. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great and very encouraging for me too. That's awesome. We'll catch up soon. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, stop right there. I bet you're wondering, how can I help, right? So take a look in the show notes. I have some really great resources right there that you can instantly go ahead and help. And one really important takeaway is also this number. It's the National Human Trafficking Hotline number at 1-888-373-7888. Or you can text info or help 
to BeFree233733 to help end human trafficking. That's right. You can go right into the show notes and take a look at some websites like Free International or some local organizations to Pennsylvania where you can help support women's centers or other human trafficking uh, centers that helps victims. So you can go there now and help and be a light in our community. Wait, hang on. I want you to know that you are so important and I love your feedback. I do a lot of talking and writing and there's no better way to keep the conversation going than hearing from you. Yes, you. If you go to jackiebrindle.wixsite.com, you can comment, email, and subscribe. It's a great way for us to stay connected and for you to have a library full of encouraging content made with a purpose to help drive your life in a positive direction. That's Jackie Brindle, J-C-K-I-E, Brindle, B-R-I-N-D-L-E, dot Wix site slash my site dot com. Now there's a mouthful. Now go there. Now. Yes. Now. And be encouraged.